It's been a wild few weeks of motorsport and the action does not stop because this weekend Race Fuels is headed to Phillip Island to keep the Victorian State Race Series fueled up and on track. With over 250 entrants confirmed, we'll be there with all five of our fuel variants available from the fuel compound. That's Elf Race 102, Elf LMS, E85 Race Blend, 100 Ron and 98 Ron. Too much motorsport is never enough, and Racials is here to keep the sport going fast. Now it's over to you, Grant and Tony. Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Welcome back to the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony D'Alberto. We went racing at the Bend on the weekend, Tony. You weren't there, you watched from home, but most importantly, did you celebrate Mother's Day the way you needed to? Absolutely, I did. And I'm in the good books, unlike yourself that decided to be selfish and go car racing and mm-hmm. uh, do your job mm. and earn money for the team, or for, sorry, for the, for the family. Yep. Um, I spent time at home with my wife and my mum and celebrated how glorious mothers are. Right. Actually, Steps is sitting right behind me. <laughs> she's She's got her new ear pods in, she's, so she can't hear me. That's right. what I bought her. So Actually, oh, that... that's what Oscar bought her, actually. Sorry. There you go. Very good. Very well thought out, Oscar. What did you get, dear? Uh, she got a little bracelet thing, uh, and the girls got her uh, new jumper and a candle because... Uh, girls like candles and I just don't understand yeah. what, nah. why I would, if anyone gave me a candle, I would not know what to do with that thing. Nah, that's yeah. Anyway, that's why they're girls and we're boys. Well, that's um, right. We get socks and jocks and I know exactly what to do with socks and jocks. They, I love, I love yeah. socks and jocks because perfect. by the time I need new jocks, like my old ones have got holes in them. So perfect. Ah, <laughs> uh, very right. good. Now did so you, you um, went to the bend? You went, went to the, to the bend. bend. Yep. You watched some rec- car racing watched heaps of car racing watched heaps of car Did racing. lots of work of course didn't catch covid uh, there was no covid over there to be caught good good excellent <laughs> but so, <laughs> there's a huge amount of racing that went on though and a huge oh, amount man. to talk about today and we've got some special guests mm-hmm. we're gonna have simon chapman uh, from speed cafe he's going to join us in the news section mm-hmm. and then we've got charlie robinson Mm. Pit lane reporter for V8 Supercars. Oh, sorry, yes. Supercars. What did I say V8 Supercars? I'm just so used to saying that. Um, for Supercars, and yep. also we know her from High Five back in the day. I'm sure you used to perv on her um, when you were younger, mate. Um, we got her on our show. Right. Perfect. Yep. No, she's a she's a very cool chick. So looking forward to talking to her and finding out uh, why she's joined the Supercars Championship and find out where her husband, Liam Talbot, is. He's sort of been he's gone, MIA. He? He's been yeah, he's MIA gone, for a while. So uh, that will be, uh, that'll be fun to catch up with her. Um, what was said uh, before we get into the news and we'll drag Simon from Speak Cafe in, what was your uh, quick take on the weekend at the bend from the couch? Bloody good racing. Uh, the weather looked really tricky on Saturday. It was one of those days where, and I, I don't have many of these, Grant, but it was one of those ones where I preferred to be on the couch as a racing driver yeah. um, because those conditions look really tricky for not only the drivers, but the teams to try and call what to do with tires and pressures and set up. And, you know, it, it's just so difficult to get right. And it is a bit of a lottery and a bit of a guess. Some great results, um, obviously, for Andre Heimgartner to get his first win. That was fantastic to see. He was absolutely on fire yeah, on Saturday. Awesome. Drove really, really well. Had a bit of a rough start to the race, but managed to get himself back in the lead and, and then was sort of never headed. So that was great to see. And then my Shell boys had a very good Sunday. A couple of pole positions for Anton and a race win as well. And unfortunately, not didn't quite do the job in the second race on Sunday uh, with an engine failure. Um, but Will Davison got two podiums as well. So strong weekend for those boys. And Lots of action in other categories. Carrera Cup, we saw a few shunts as well on the on the Saturday's race. But so yeah, good good viewing from my end. Mm, no, it was. What good. did you think? Uh, what was the vibe like at the track? I tell you, it was the best. It was. Uh, that's. I think that's only the second supercars event I've been to at the Bend, and I've obviously been there for a couple of TCR Australia rounds, uh, which I really really enjoyed. Those two races we did there in 2019 were really really good. 
you know, there wasn't much of a crowd there for the for the Shannon's Nationals thing. Uh, and it's a shame that TCR Australia isn't going back there because they mm, have weird. really, really, really done a great job with that with that circuit. You know, I mean, you were there for the very first uh, GT round there, Shannon's Nationals event must have mm. been 2018. I remember watching yeah, I, the live stream. Um, I, I think you might have even way. taken yep. the victory. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Okay, self promotion. Self promotion. Self promotion. And uh, yeah, back then it was basically desert. And now there's some really, really good facilities there. You know, even just the addition of some footbridges. I noticed uh, there was a new bridge. Yep. Yep. That came directly from the Adelaide 500. It looked like it did. <laughs> it, it definitely did. Uh, and uh, yeah. Did it little, actually go anywhere? Like, could you get to the inside of the circuit with it? Uh, I didn't walk up that far, so I'm not really sure. Maybe just a nice big place to stick a giant Adelaide advertisement but um mm, yeah it, de- it definitely gives the circuit just that little bit of extra character but they also had a really cool fan engagement area on the inside of the track uh, heaps of stuff in the uh, in the back you know with amusement rides and they had a uh, signing session other, as well didn't they they had a signing session they do that at every supercars race no 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 they didn't it was, I think it was the first one they had for a long time oh well yeah, probably because we haven't been allowed to be within 1.5 meters of no, anyone just, for just a saying. long time. Yep, just they, no. they definitely had a signing session. All the trestle tables were out there and uh, the black, white and gold pens were flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone getting nice up close. And look, the, there was heaps of fans there. It looked like it looked busy. It felt great to be back at a circuit that was effectively at capacity and uh, no, no stress. A couple of stresses still trying to get into the circuit, signing things and taking photos of QR codes, and you know some of those. That's just modern, everyday life now, though, isn't frustrations. It? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they're still very cautious on events. But look, I, I, I felt it was a uh, an excellent meeting, despite the weather on Saturday. It came good for Sunday, uh, and there was there was heaps to do. So that was uh, really really good to be a part of. And I reckon Simon from speakcafe.com is going to give us more. So uh, let's do it. Let's go straight into the news. And this is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. They built the network uh, website where you can go and buy your little heroes books. I know that Tony's gone and bought Mm -hmm. heaps. And I also know that the man who's here to uh, go through some of this news with us from the weekend, from the bend and all around the world. Simon Chapman from speedcafe.com. Mate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys. Big weekend out at the bend, three different winners. They were all Mustangs and some pretty good stories to tell over the course of the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, pretty full on. I think any sort of discussions around parity have probably been put to bed with that result. Um, yeah, I think that's the first time in, in Supercars history that we've had um, three drivers from three different teams um, and Ford's winning winning the three races. So uh, personally, quite cool to see Andre Heimgartner get a win, obviously, um, for a Kiwi brother. That's that's cool to oh, see, and I think it's been a long Lord, time coming. These, these Kiwi guys always <laughs> sticking together. Yeah, no, it's good to see Andre get that. You know, there was um, you know, sort of that chatter after the race where he said, you know, there was a period when he's, he definitely considered just throwing in the towel there. Um, Tell you what, every race driver has thought that at some stage, so that's nothing new. Yeah, but it's good for him to, to, <laughs> you know, to come back from that and, um, and and finally get one on the board. So, and obviously um, Anton getting the first win uh, with with DJR as well as a, as a massive box tick for him. I think he needed that for his for his confidence. And then obviously Cameron Waters, hard to believe really. I think that's only his um, second win as a solo supercar driver. So, um, yeah, some some cool stories out of the weekend. That is quite crazy to think that Cameron's only, that's only his second race win when he's been so competitive, had quite a few pole positions and been in the, the position to actually win races. Um, he should have really taken home a few more, but we know some of the, uh, there are dramas he sort of faced recently with, you know, tire life and bits and pieces, but the car looked very strong in that last race. I've got a feel for Anton though. He, he did everything right in that last race. And unfortunately a little bit of, uh, a mechanical issue or whatever happened there um, ended his run. He he um he obviously was going off the back of the the winning race too, and uh, as you spoke about confidence is a big thing in this game, and you could see just a spring in both Anton Step and Andre as well, and hopefully that sets them up for a good remainder of the year. Now 
talking about supercars, it wasn't a great weekend for SVG. He did get a podium. Um, he was up there, but not dominant like we've seen before. Yeah, not a, a, a dominant weekend for him, but, you know, not, not a bad weekend all, all around, you know, still on the, on the podium on, on two occasions. Um, you got to say he did a, a pretty good job to come back in uh, that second race um, with his, you know, it's really bad qualifying there to, to be on the podium. So, you know, seventh, third and second on a weekend that you know, didn't really promise a whole lot for him, uh, especially in qualifying. I think he'd probably walk away um, pretty happy, especially uh, when the guy who was next closest to him was his teammate in the championship. And, and Jamie just had uh, a weekend where he just, he didn't feature, you know, finishes of sixth, 11th and fourth, I think it was, you know, he, he, he just wasn't, he just wasn't there. Um, didn't really, didn't really feature at all. So yeah, Shane's um, obviously we know he's had a, a pretty strong start to the season and, and those are all at circuits that, you know, tend to favor the, the triple eight car. Um, I think now we're seeing maybe a little bit of a, a momentum swing back towards some of those four teams. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned uh, Shane Van Gisbergen having not a great weekend. He actually extended his championship lead, which is uh, crazy crazy to think. And he, uh, you know, we just expect just him, so to win. him to win. Yeah. Exactly. The expectation is to win. And uh, he, he wasn't able to achieve that, but still walked away even further away uh, in the title chase. We did uh, mention, though, in the last show that it was going to be a strong round for Mustang and especially Shell V power. It's been a strong track for them in the past. Um, and it certainly proved that way on the weekend that the Mustang must have a little bit of a strength at that circuit compared to the Commodore. And I know we have spoken a little bit about parody and Cameron Ward has been pretty vocal about it as well. Um, but for whatever reason, when we go to tail and bend, those Mustangs seem to work a little bit better than the Commodore. One thing I did want to ask you about Simon was the shunt uh, or the shunts that happened in race two. I mean, the the race was just went off there uh, when Andre shoved up the inside of Slady and then everyone was um, hanging on for dear life and a bit of a pinball um, for a few of them. So what was the wash up there? Oh, yeah, that was, you sort of felt like that was coming. Um, off the start there, you just saw Andre was just chucking his nose down the inside. As soon as he got up the inside of, of Slady there, um, it was just, it was all on. Um, <laughs> you got to, you got to feel for Cameron Waters and, and Chaz Moss that those two are mm. just, you know, they're just glued Magnets. together. And, you know, you talk about before, you know, Cameron Waters not having really a, a super stellar record. I reckon he'd probably have a few more wins to his name if, if not for all of those crashes that he's had with Chaz. And I think the same could probably be said for Chaz. But yeah, that sort of, um, that really set up that race, didn't it? Um, it just, it took a lot of guys out of contention that we, we thought would be, uh, right up there. Uh, I think um, you know, Slady for one, I would have sort of picked him to maybe be knocking on the door of the, of the, of the podium. And I, I think he, he, he felt the same, um, you know, Cam as well. And, and Chaz too, you know, that was, that race was disappointing that that crash had to happen because there were a lot of guys there who you probably would have picked to, to do quite well. But, you know, obviously that, that gave guys like um, Shaman Gisbergen a bit of a free kick. Um, and obviously the, the DJR boys really capitalized on, on that as well to, to get the one, two. Now, Simon, I know that you're speedcafe.com's supercars reporter, but there was plenty of other racing going on at the Bend as well. Porsche Carrera Cup, the brand new super utes, the fire-breathing super utes that were there as well, among uh, among a couple of others as well. And the, the Bend circuit looked an absolute treat as well. What's uh, something else that you took away from, from the Bend? Was that your first ever time you've been there? Oh, well, no, it's actually my third time now, um, which is hard to believe, um, considering everything that happened last year. Uh, last year, obviously, we went there for the, the pre-season test before the um, ill-fated FA 500. And then, uh, obviously, later in the year, we were one of a select few who did actually go to the doubleheader uh, that they had here last year. So, yeah, third time at the Bend, and obviously, this one was probably uh, the most normal of them all. Uh, it was really cool to see such a good turnout. Um, from, from the spectators, you know, they really turned out in their droves despite the weather on Saturday. Um, Sam Chan, speaking to him before the weekend, he spoke out about how he wanted to create sort of like a, a festival atmosphere at, at the joint, and it certainly felt like that. It felt like a normal supercars meeting, uh, which was, was super encouraging. There was, yeah, certainly off the track a lot, a lot to talk about. You know, there was it was well attended. You know, good merchandise sales, just good attendance in general, and then obviously on the track too. Uh, a pretty good support card with you know 
Porsche Career Cup Australia OCT and obviously the the debut of, of the Super Utes. And I think, you know, the I think it was quite funny. We were speaking to Sam Shahid before um, the weekend got underway and he was talking about how, you know, like, you know, this is maybe the first step towards maybe us getting onto the, the longer 7.7 kilometer GT layout when we saw we saw in one of the races uh, one of the Utes get lost and ended up on the on the circuit there so that was that was definitely a highlight for me I thought that was that was quite funny um, it's giving yeah. it an early trial actually talk can yeah. you talk a little bit about that I saw your uh, website had run a story about the possibility of running the supercars on the 7.7 of course the the GTs ran around or they tried to run the very first mm. event on there and i think tony was getting lost over the back of the course so they had to uh oh, shit i was bloody on fire that weekend 7.7 kilometers you the know what made massive. it hard that weekend was everything looked the same because it was just like there was no uh trees there was there was there wasn't finished yet so it was just sand and dust and dirt and you didn't really know what was coming up next and you come up behind some gentleman drivers and they'd literally be driving in the middle of the circuit and you could tell they just didn't know what was coming next. So it was probably a good decision to revert back to the, to the shorter circuit, but yeah, maybe now with the circuit being finished, uh, it might be a time to actually give another crack. A few more reference points. So one for both of you, do you think a supercars race around that long circuit can work? Oh, I don't know. Like it's the, uh, what is it? It's the second longest permanent circuit in the world, isn't it? Uh, behind the Nürburgring at 7.7 kilometers. It's got 35 turns, which is maybe 20 too many. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't really know, I suppose, until you actually get out there. I think, you know, talking to the drivers, at least from my point of view, from a spectator point of view, the racing was, was pretty good on the weekend, especially now that we've got that, that softer tire on there. When we had the hard tire, it was, it was dreadful. Like there's, mm. there's just no bones about it. Running on the soft tires made things better. Obviously, the way that these cars are built and the way that they've been sort of over-engineered means that they are quite susceptible to the, to the aero. So it's not really a great package for this current car. Maybe with Gen 3, where there's got a little bit more reliance on mechanical grip and less of that aero wash being such a big of an issue, maybe it would be better. I still think if, you, if you're going to do an event on the 7.7 kilometer track, you probably do make it an enduro and you try and make a big song and dance about it. Because um, I think if you say to the punters, yeah, we're going to do a sprint round on a 7.7 kilometer circuit and they only get to see the cars come by maybe 10 or 11 times, um, they, they might not be super happy. Well, I think that's the big thing that everyone's got to think about. Um, we're, you know, we are in the entertainment business and what is the reason that we want to go around the long circuit? Um, yes, it would be cool as a racing driver to drive around the long circuit because there are some really cool corners, but if you're a fan on sitting on the outside of the circuit watching, it's going to be pretty boring. Uh, waiting for these cars to come around when it's like a three minute lap or something. Mm. It was, yeah, something like that. I remember back when I drove the GT car around there. Um, so from my point of view, I don't think it's a good option. I think what they have is great. And um, the circuit is, is gaining a lot of character. You know, the drivers like driving on it. The, you know, it's becoming quite a popular event to go to. So um, I think leave it as it is and let it build and, uh, you know, get better and better. Now you did, Simon, you spoke about Gen 3 and I wanted to touch on this because I'm a little bit out of the loop, but <laughs> that doesn't seem to be like, much Gen 3 news about though, is it? Well, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of talk about it, but there's some team owners that don't know much about it either. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, if you're out of the loop, then you know, <laughs> just about everybody else is out of the loop. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird one at the moment. Um, there's certainly uh, a lot of, I guess, divided opinion um, up and down the pit lane at the moment, because a lot of people just don't know what's going on. Um, that's, that's basically all it boils down to. The, the, the communication um, from the top down, according at least to some of the team owners, has, has been pretty poor and the, the information just isn't getting to them. So, you know, we're supposedly maybe two months out from having one of these cars supposed to be ready for prototype testing, whether that happens or not, who knows. But I think more concerning is trying to have these cars ready to go in time for February next year. There are several team owners who I've spoken to who are, who are pretty confident that it won't happen. There are several team owners who have gone on the record who say it will definitely happen, um, including you know the likes of like Roland and, and Jamie. 
yeah, it's it's a weird one because there is yeah, there's definitely no. It's not black and white. Put it that way. It's yeah, it's, it's 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 a bit of a mess at the moment. Now there's meant to be sort of crisis talks happening tomorrow or today as this pod drops. You reckon um, they're crisis talks or they're just talks? absolutely absolutely crisis? Or is that just, just Speed Cafe just beating something up? No, <laughs> no, no. Supercars have just sacked the guy in charge, John Casey. Well, he's left, yep. aka sacked. Yeah. Um. So to me, that uh, wouldn't give the teams a lot of confidence that this program is on track. Is is it a case of all the team owners getting together and and having a big round the table meeting, or is it over Zoom, or what is it? Well, the supercars say that the teams regularly meet. Um, certainly in COVID times, they were meeting a lot, obviously over Zoom. But this sounds like it's a proper all in, get you all around the ta- the table, and spend an entire day getting you up to speed with where things are at. I spoke to Todd Kelly and Tim Blanchard and a few others, and they basically said that they they have no idea what is happening. Uh, and they're really hopeful that this meeting sort of gives them an idea of where the project is at. Um, Todd basically said to me, like, you know, they could be, they could have the car just about ready to go, but he doesn't know that. He hasn't been told that by supercars and that information certainly hasn't been disseminated by the championship. There's lots of uh, questions that are unanswered at the moment. Um, A lot of that is probably down to the fact that perhaps even supercars don't know what they're doing yet. There's a lot of questions around the engines. There's a lot of questions around, you know, sort of these, these tendered, items um, that, that supercars have put out for the control componentry. They say that that's commercial and confidence. So you know, a lot of the time we end up just finding this stuff out through leaks. So yeah, I think the the meeting will be pretty crucial. I think there is probably quite a lot of emphasis on the crisis element. Um, one person put to me that there's probably going to be quite a lot of yelling and screaming uh, <laughs> because we are, we are getting to, to crunch time. You know, it's, it's the, it's the, what is it? The 11th of May, uh, when this meeting will be happening, uh, and we're supposed to be having these cars out on track real soon. Like per- personally, in my in my opinion, you know, the, these cars I think need to be pushed back a year, and we need to do it do it properly and make a real big song and dance about it throughout maybe next year, and have the prototype rolling around at every track and getting everyone hyped. You know, it, it may come to the point where the car is maybe the first car is maybe ready by the end of the year. In what shape or form, we don't know. Um, and they may be rolled that out at, at Surface Paradise or something. And that'll be the first glimpse that the, that the fans get. And then they're going to roll into the championship next year and see all these new cars and not really know what they're all about. So you know, I think, for example, NASCAR has done quite a good job of the way that they've rolled out their next-gen car and you know disseminated a lot of that information to, to the fans and aren't afraid to be technical about it. And I think that's gathered them a lot of interest um, and a lot of support for, for their next-gen car. So I kind of just hope that supercars will maybe do the same but we'll see i guess uh, that meeting will be pretty pivotal there is uh, there there's a fair bit to uh, to go on if they are to roll it out next year the teams are dynamic enough they're resourced enough that they can do it but mm-hmm. they're going to have to call on you'd imagine they'll have to call on so many extra hands to make things happen particularly for the for the bigger teams who might not necessarily be building just their cars. They might be building customer cars as well. Um, There's also the complication of the TV broadcast deal because supercars had signed a deal with channel seven and, and, uh, and Fox. And part of that deal is that the, the championship will have brand new cars in 2022. So there's more than just the uh, nuts and bolts and the mechanics behind it. There's a whole range of different scenarios that Sean Seymour and his team are trying to deal with to try and make this happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. The TV deal is obviously a, a big part of it, um, especially when you're trying to sell the sport to, to the TV rights holders, um, even to the fans, you know, they, they want to see these new cars. At the end of the day, we're going to be going potentially into next year with a, a car that, that no longer exists again. Uh, yeah, there's certainly different yeah, opinion the, up and down pit lane. The thing is, like, I mean, I, you guys were at the event on the weekend, so you get a different perspective. I'm sitting at home on the couch watching it, and the show is, like, A grade. It is oh, amazing, perfect. honestly. It's yeah, good it's racing. It's tight. It's tough. It's hard. You know, there's crashes. There's, you know, new winners. It's all happening. So, you know, Gen 3, 
maybe a step forward in things like aero wash and, you know, things like that, that the drivers complain about. But, you know, when you look at the show, is it going to just transform the show? No, I don't think so. So if it did get delayed for a year, I don't think it's, it's going to kill V8 supercar or supercars, I should say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with, with that sentiment. Like there's, there's a little bit of an irony, I guess, in some ways that we're, we're supposed to be transitioning to this new car and the cars that we've got now have sort of peaked. Like the racing's really yeah. good. We're seeing different winners. You know, the parody is pretty much perfect. Uh, yeah, okay, sure, we have the occasional sort of whinge and moan about aero wash, but that's just, that's just the point that we've got to with the development of these cars. But the, you know, by and large, the entertainment is probably as good as it has ever been, despite the fact that Shane Van Gisbergen obviously won uh, mm. you know, six races in a row at the start of this year. You know, it's, it's still extremely competitive. You know, when we've got guys like Andrew Heimgartner, you know, Cameron Wallace and Anton, De Pasquale sharing the wins over, over a weekend, you know, I think yeah, you, you can't really complain. All right, let's move on to other racing at the Bend on the weekend, Porsche Carrera Cup. Uh, there was a big shunt in that one in the first race. Um, my mate, David Wall, unfortunately was involved in that and got a 15, Whoa. 15 point penalty for his, uh, uh, efforts in, in that little shunt, but I don't think it was very, uh, warranted to be honest. Uh, but a big shunt, we saw probably four or five cars get taken out of the field there. And then later in the race, another shunt that took out the race leader, uh, Cooper Murray. And actually, uh, young Cooper is, is quite injured from that. He's ended up with like a dislocated shoulder from it, didn't he? I think it might even be worse than that after uh, he's he's had it checked out. Oh gosh, yeah, I, I that race one was basically a non-event because of um, all the downtime that we had behind the safety car and all, all the crashes that that came after the fact. You, know, you might as well have just just written that one off. But yeah, that was it felt a little bit unnecessary, um, an unnecessary tear up in, in that race. But I guess the rest of the weekend was was good. The Carrick Cup racing was super close, and we had some some good results and guys really, really hustling through. So that, that place is a real sort of mixing pot at the moment of, of young, talented guys. And I'll be interested mm. to see where those guys end up because, you know, there's, there's obviously international opportunities in GT3 racing. I think we've seen Jordan Love do a little bit of that lately. And, you know, his brother Aaron's doing some really good things. Um, but that, that Career Cup series is just absolutely stacked with talent at the moment. Absolutely. Um, so we saw uh, Wood get taken out in that race, unfortunately. Um, Dave Russell as well. Who else was taken out, Grant? It Tim Miles, I think. Tim Miles, yep. Yep, Michael Armand was uh, doing, I think he did a 720 spin down the front straight uh, <laughs> at uh, full noise in fourth gear or something in the wet. I think when things are not going so well for you, like for Dale Wood, for instance, he's he's really trying to win this championship finally. It's... it's uh, you know, he, he was just doing his own thing. He got taken out of the race and unfortunately it's really hurt his championship hopes for this year. Um, but the guy that um, is absolutely steaming ahead in that championship, Cameron Hill, I think he's won the last four or five races in a row. I mean, the guy is in amazing form. Yeah, no, no, he's he's definitely uh, a class above at the moment. And uh, I reckon could be a real good contender for... Uh, if these international borders ever get open, which I'm sure Simon is keen to maybe go home and see his parents one day over in New Zealand, <laughs> but uh, he would be a great sports car driver. Um, I'm not sure if he's got any ambition to race uh, supercars. Maybe we get uh, we get him on one day to uh, to talk about that because um, look, as you say, he's um, he's a, an absolute class above. We also saw the GT World Challenge. No, no, no. I've got to say it right. You Fanatec. GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS. <laughs> a couple of wins for our uh, for our mate Garth Tander and Yasser Shahin, which was uh, a a great result for them, and really, really close. It's actually, um, I was uh, uh, speaking to the to the Grove Stephen and Brenton, and I reckon they're pretty close to figuring out that Porsche of theirs that competes uh in that that championship they they had a couple of really good results a second place in sunday's race i don't think it's very long before we see those two competing uh right at the front and maybe giving yasser and garth a uh, uh asking a couple of extra questions of them i think uh, garth's natural ability and yasser's um, amazing knowledge of the bend circuit certainly got them over the line there but the thing um, is, like Yasser is a very good AM driver, and we all we all know how quick 
um, Garth is. So the Groves have got some steep competition there. We saw some pretty untidy pit stops though. <laughs> yeah. In the race. Oh man. A couple of hours. Right. I wonder what Troy Russell was thinking when those two Audis were uh, banging doors exactly. halfway down the exactly. pit, pit lane. And then also there was a very untidy pit stop from Triple Eight, and I could see Roland coming out into the pit lane. This is on the TV, like pointing his finger and trying to alert the uh, the poor pit crew that he'd done something wrong, and he ran back around the other side to get whatever it was, and then they dropped the car. It was a complete mess. So, yeah, there would be some unhappy team owners <laughs> and team managers there. So, yeah, still good racing, though. I <laughs> thought the the, uh, the GT racing was good to watch. Um, I want to get your opinion, though, Simon, on the Utes now. Super Utes. On, on TV, it didn't probably contrast as good as what, you know, I thought it was going to. Um, what was the, the opinion, I suppose, on the ground there at, at Tail and Bend? Yeah, well, they're different from what they used to be. That's uh, yeah. that's for sure. Um, oh, personally, I, I think they look a little bit a little bit funny on that small tire, and mm. they're quite they're quite stiffly sprung. Like I I watched them going around a few times on Sunday, and I don't know what it is with the setup of those Utes, or whether it's a driving thing, but they they look quite nervous and susceptible to to spinning. Uh, they definitely sound better. <laughs> you know, there's no doubt about that. They they sound a lot better than. Uh, what, what we had before they they pop and bang they make flames they do everything you want um i guess do they just, visually look faster uh, uh yes yeah, a little they, bit like, a, a little bit i thought that they would actually be even faster i thought they'd look faster but mm. uh they are quite a big cumbersome thing so uh i was probably expecting a little bit too much but certainly for the visual for that brand relevance you know with uh volkswagen amarox and holden colorados and ford rangers and uh mitsubishi tritons uh the uh you know just walking through the the back of the paddock there they always had a, a pretty fair share of uh fans lurking around and and having a look at them interested so they had 13 there for the uh for the very first event and a, a couple more coming in the in the coming rounds as well so only a short five round championship for them uh, and looking forward to sort of seeing how, uh, how that progresses. Um, okay, cool. That's enough of the bend of uh, uh, having spent the last three days there. I'm, uh, <laughs> I've been driven around the bend and it's time to uh, talk about something else. I thought we'd talk about a little race that happened over in Barcelona. Lewis Hamilton continued a, uh, a pretty impressive runner form, taking another victory, a pretty big win as well around Circuit de Catalunya, uh, defeating Max Verstappen. Those two are certainly the uh, drivers who are going to win this world title. Lewis, of course, aiming for a record eighth Formula One world title. Uh, and it was a, a pretty cool, unique pitch strategy that, uh, that got him over the line. Yeah, it was a little bit frustrating from my point of view because, like, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan through and through, but, you know, it's good to see a little bit of variety. And when, when Max Verstappen on the start there just absolutely aced it and muscled Lewis out of the way, I was like, all right, we're on here. Um, but obviously, as the as the race played out and the, the tyre strategy sort of came into play, I think sort of as a result of, of how qualifying works nowadays, it just, you know, Lewis just, he's just so fast that that Mercedes is just on rails and obviously hunted him down um, and and got the got the big w it's just yeah it's i, I think it's i think this is actually the the best start that lewis has had to a championship season where he's gone i think it's first first second first which is it's hard to believe really um that this is probably the the, the first year in a long year. time where he's actually been like you know i guess fought for the championship with, with max verstappen so yeah it's it's a it's a weird old old game as formula one um i do think max is going to give him a, a good run for his money this year uh, it's just a matter of maybe um, maybe later in the season we'll have to have to wait and see. I think uh, one of Lewis's big strengths is actually trying is actually um, putting a whole championship together. I think he does it better than anybody else. He's relentless all year. Um, do you think Max can challenge him over an entire season? There's no doubt that he can do it over a weekend. Um, but there's there's whether he can do it for the full season and how much do Mercedes have up their sleeve? Because whenever they're challenged, they just pick out a little bit more speed whenever they want. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mercedes obviously been the benchmark for a, for a long time. Um, and it's probably, 
it's a bit of a shame that we're, we're getting to the point now where Red Bull are finally sort of coming good under these regulations. And I guess a bit like supercars, we're going to new uh, regulations next year, which could just um, tip it all on its head. Um, I think Max's thing is basically just, he's got to finish, right? Like he's just got to be there at the finish, but the, the Mercedes is just so infallible. So is um, Lewis. It's just, it's hard to think that Lewis will lose the championship this year. I know we're only four rounds in, but he's just, he's just too good. He's on fire. Now there was a little bit of chat today about his teammate Bottas getting replaced mid season. Um, do you have any insider goss on that or, <laughs> or, do you, or do you think it's just George Russell? Did you call, uh, making did you rumors? call George Russell? Today? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a bit far removed uh, from Europe down here in uh, Australasia. Um, nah. Oh, I think it's just, it's probably just a bit of, bit of media spin. Um, I think it's just George yeah. Russell. George Russell. Well, George Russell's been trying to uh, cause a little bit of a ruckus for a wee while now. And I think it's, it's pretty much a guaranteed move eventually it's just a, a case of of when i i'm curious to know when does lewis throw in the towel is it going to be yep. at the end of the year you know like is he going to just get to 100 do the eight beat michael michael schumacher and just go all right happy days see you later or is he you know is he going to continue to race in formula one and try and use the thing as a platform because he's obviously got different motives outside of formula one you know with all of his sort of you know human rights and animal rights just activism in general you sort of wonder whether he'll just hang around for purposes other than winning. Well, Simon Chapman, we thank you so much for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Great to have you join us and uh, take us through some of the action from the Bend or the Gen 3 news and some uh, F1 action there. You can see Simon's finest work on speedcafe.com. And, uh, mate, we'll, uh, we'll get you back on the line at another time. Yeah, no doubt. Have some more tea-up Tuesdays. <laughs> thanks brother and we thank simon for joining us now tony d uh i when i was at the bend i had this little idea that we should speak to charlie robinson and the re- only reason i came up with that idea was because i saw her walking past me in the paddock i think you told you told me let's get andre heimgartner and i thought well yeah. that's good that's a good idea he's f- first ever win well we've, I, had, we've had him on the, the pod before We've had no, but the, the reason behind it was you were working for Kelly's on the weekend, Kelly Grove Racing, I should yes. say. I was I was helping. Them. Um, I was just you, a, you were a, part a, of advising. the first win for Andre. Mm. You were there. You I were capturing on, it on the spot. So I thought that's a no-brainer. We could get him on the pod. His yep. first chat after being a supercar winner. You didn't respond to me though. I didn't. I you just fair, didn't reply. Mate, I had a fair bit going on at that point, but uh, that's uh, yeah, that's okay. Whatever, no worries. Yeah, I was just anyway, helping. I was helping Charlie, those Charlie's guys a out. very good substitute though. Well, she, uh, well, it's not a substitute in my eyes because I basically just ignored your request. You did, and I saw Charlie, and I thought, oh, she'd be great for this. So uh, here it is. And it's great to welcome Charlie Robinson onto the Parked Up podcast for the very first time. Charlie, thank you very much for joining us. It is so a pleasure to be parked up with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, uh, no, fantastic. Thank you very much for, for coming <laughs> along. Uh, I, um, of course, you're the pit lane reporter for the Supercars Championship, but you've had such a, a, a diverse range of roles a, a, across across your world. Before we um, sort of take some steps back, uh, let's talk about the bend on the weekend. We saw some uh, pretty cool racing. We saw all four seasons in three days. It was uh, there was a fair bit going on out there. Oh my god, it was the best. I actually love that track, and I think it's because I started going there for the GT racing, and I love. It's more, I guess. Can I even say it's more like a European track, the way like the undulations, the way it goes around. I just love that sort of a track to watch on. Um, so that was my first experience watching supercars there. And although personally I wish it was the long track, even though I'm not a driver, just a viewer, I just find that exciting. Um, I think it's awesome because it just takes so much skill to be able to race on tracks like that with, you know, an incline that it really does divide some players like I really think the guy who's the best driver on the day wins like that's how it as simple as it gets or actually have I just proven that 
the chick you've got in pit lane for supercars comes from high five and knows nothing. So, you know, am I really living up to what everyone says? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we know that's not true because we know that uh, your uh, hubby, uh, Liam Talbot, he's a very good race driver and you spend a lot of time around racetracks. But on the broadcast, now I spend a bit of time on the couch watching and you've got some of the commentators, uh, they ask the hard questions. You know, they want to know why old mate was... 23rd and you know what happened mate and did you have too much understeer or whatever yep. whereas you take a little bit of a different tact with some of the drivers and basically ask if they had fun out there <laughs> I know I well here's the thing I think we've got so many amazing brains in our broadcast team from like the worst supercar drivers nobody wants to give a shit what I've got to say about their car and even if I know that there's understeer because I've watched this sport my entire life. It's like my family religion. No one wants to hear it from me. So they've got all the brains that they're listening to with Larco and Scaifey and, you know, Garth. For me, I guess I'm just there like a super fan as far as how do the drivers feel? Because that's what I love to know. Like, how do you guys feel when you're getting out there? Did you enjoy yourselves? What, you know, are you cranky? Are you upset? Are you, you know, like finding out things about them on a personal level, um, makes you become more of a fan of certain drivers as, as well, like the way they are. I think we can all talk tyre degradation till like we just, uh, but do you really want to the entire broadcast? Oh, so I guess I'm just coming old. from being on the lounge and then now I've got a microphone in my hand. I want to know like, Chaz, are you seriously pissed off or are you having fun out there? Cause you know, not seeing you smile as much as you used to. Like I want to ask that question. So Charlie, let's just take it back. Where did this fascination for motorsport come from how have you uh landed in this in a position that you yeah, whether it's through through marriage or or love what is it for you charlie okay. and motorsport for starters both of you have now used the word marriage but liam has not married me oh I'm sorry engaged. just engaged it's really funny go. you've really got to hit him up and say what the hell's wrong well, with you so <laughs> can we just talk about that for a second because he did propose way more at a race meeting of course he did propose yeah. at a race meeting so i wasn't I sure know. if you'd actually tied the knot and uh done the dj well, maybe we should have done some research for the first time no Tony. no well, they might have love... done it like you know privately. Yep, COVID. yep yeah. um Mount Panorama Bathurst, wasn't it 2019? It was like the last time we were all mm. there having fun. He got down on one knee right before he went out for the last GT. Uh, no, it was Carrera Cup, sorry. He was in Carrera Porsche Cup, then. Yeah. Um, and he was down on the dummy grid. And I seriously just, because Mount Panorama to me is just the most special place I could think of in the world. Like it's just a mecca for everything that I was raised up. It means so much to my family. So for a special moment like that to happen there. Oh, and thank God he went out and won that race in his category because if he had sucked, it'd be like, oh, she's bad luck then. Um, but I heard the commentator say, oh, if he races like that, he should get engaged every day. So thank God. Still hasn't married me. Tony, I'll leave that one with you to hit him up. Um, okay, I will. Anyway, so I was raised this way. My family used to go and sit on Hell Corner for as long as I can remember um, and if not, we were at home in Newcastle and we would have big parties. It was the only day of the year Dad was allowed to have a beer at 9am. We'd hire a big screen and everyone in the town would come over with their Ford or Holden flags. Um, it was just the way I was raised. It, it was kind of like our Christmas day is Bathurst 1000. And Dad used to tell us to close our eyes and feel the engines in our soul. And that was really how you raised two very bogan daughters that just love supercars more than anything in the world. And on my first high five album, it says, what would you be doing if you weren't in high five? And it says a V8 supercar driver. So I had high expectations for myself that I didn't do. Um, so maybe throwing a microphone in my hand is the next best thing. But um, no, it's just everything to me. I think it takes so much skill to be a driver. I think it takes so, like, I just love this sport so much and everything that's in it. And I know this sounds stupid, but even at the bend, right, I woke up to the noise of a rattle gun and it could have been the happiest day of my life. The rattle gun is like if I could bottle that and or oh, just the smell of the engines, the sounds that they make in the pit carriage as they bubble past you heading out towards, oh, just looking at your face, Tony, you're so over it. Like you've heard, you've had that your whole life. You're like, <laughs> my God, stop. <laughs> but to me, it's just, it's everything. So... I pretty much forget to invoice. I may never be paid by Supercars for being there. So. <laughs> Have you enjoyed being part of the Supercars broadcast team? 
Yeah, I think it's a really hard thing to be going into a role where um, I think Rihanna did it for so many years and now you've got myself and you've got Molly and you've got Garth and we're all just these new people all at the one time. And But I'm a, I was always a massive fan of her. I love her. So um, massive shoes to fill and I don't think I um, – I think I'm just – really different I mean she knows the sport back the front and that way and I guess I am coming from the TV background and the high five thing and you know me so you know that that's kind of who I am anyway that bit of high five never really goes so I'll try and tone it down and be cooler for you guys now that I'm enjoy (laughs) the different side of it it's good um now Charlie uh Grant has just released uh, some children's books called Little Heroes. I'm sure. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't spoken about them already. No, um, I know he's got one of Molly. Have yes. you Have you already ordered your your lot yet, or I haven't yet, but I did see it today. I only only a matter of hours ago did I find out about it. So uh, I just Grant, I had no idea. I wish we'd spoken about this at the bend. You're just uh, so talented. There we go. See, Tony, I'm not all about the self promotion. I can have conversations with people, not about my. I'm books. surprised, but I'm glad you guys have brought up my books. <laughs> Twenty bucks. Networkr.com.au. Yeah, Molly uh, put out a little uh, Instagram um, piece that. Uh, I put that together. You put together. Yeah, that's right. And begged, <laughs> and begged her, to, begged her to put up. Oh my she's god, a, she's is that why legend. you brought me here? Is that no, why I'm on your podcast? Because as an ex-child presenter, you want me to endorse your children's books? No, no. We're going to yes. write a book about. We're going to do a book about you. Oh, you are not. You're doing athletes. <laughs> what are you going to do about me? She can star jump and tap dance like the best of them. <laughs> but by this God, is- she loves a rattle gun. <laughs> No, this this is not a promotion for the books, but of course, networkr.com.au, everyone. Um, <laughs> Charlie, I really love, I really, really love uh, that the the passion. You know, it uh, it sort of sometimes it, we can all get so caught up in the business of the sport, we can get caught up in the politics and uh, some of the frustrating things that can come with elite level competition. But it's great to mm-hmm. um, hear, you know, someone like yourself talk about how wildly passionate you are and how much you you love the sport it's it's an important thing and and sometimes easily forgotten that you know what you're right and maybe I'm just out of it like I don't know the things that you know the drama behind gen 3 for example and you know do I really no one cares about my opinion on paddle shift or whether we should keep the stick you know no one cares so I don't talk about that and I don't get involved in the drama behind the scenes I'm there for the racing and I think you can tell that hopefully when I'm on camera, I am so just there for that. And you're right, but I think social media has a lot to answer for because I think now we can all have our opinions. So even if you only watch the sport twice a year, you still can get online and tell supercars how they should be running the show. And there's so much else behind the scenes. And I think, yeah, I don't know. We're really picky, aren't we? We want so much, but do we really have the knowledge to be talking it's- about it all the time? It's an amazing show to watch um, from the couch. And uh, I've said this before, you know, Supercars is is an amazing show and entertaining and the racing is fantastic. Um, we won't get on to Gen 3, but I do want to just talk a little bit about your fiancé, Liam. Um, yeah, when's he and, going racing again? Sorry. Yeah, where, when's he, when is he racing again? So he just got back from Abu Dhabi and Dubai. That's where they ran the Asian Le Mans series over there. So he was racing a Ferrari and it, the car did really well. Oh, my God. Or was he in a Mercedes? I've just had a baby. and No, I he had a Mercedes. He was in a Mercedes, he, yep. Oh, my God. Tony, that is so bad. I just said Ferrari, but that shows literally. Um, but how cool that you get confused which kind of cars. Like that's GT racing is what every little boy wants to grow up and do. I mean, you're in an Audi one week, a Ferrari the next. It's incredible. Yep. So he did the Asian Le Mans series and loved it. Can I just say on a side note, they're a little bit cowboys over there. It was run by the French where they were racing and his car actually got pole position in their category. And everyone was overtaking him pretty much before he'd even they, the light had gone green and he was like well that's fine because they're going to be penalized no no that's just how they start the race there no one waits like we do so uh. it, there was some really big learning curves of the cowboys and how they race over there um really different mm. um but that's okay anyway the car got into 24 hour Le Mans. so what are you boys going to say is he never going to marry me because i'm telling him not to do it I actually Why? said, don't go because you have to go for such a long time. And given the pandemic, he didn't cope as well as we thought he would in quarantine. Like the walls uh, got really small coming back. Um, he 
you know, the likelihood of going over twice and not getting the virus. I mean, all these things, am I the biggest bitch in the world for saying don't follow your dream of doing 24-hour Le Mans? Stay here in Australia, look after the kids so I can go be a pit lane reporter <laughs> and, you know, fair's fair. Love I, more, I don't right? think it'll be the last opportunity that he has. Um, so maybe this year sit it out. I'll, I'll, I'll stick... Um, Stick with you there on that one because you just don't know what you could, uh, you know, get yourself involved in over there. Uh, but he could go and do the quarantine up in Darwin. That's what I did. And you can actually get outside. It was, it was bloody good. Yeah, I might mention that to him. Actually, no, because I don't want him to go. I wasn't going to say that. No, yeah, um, sorry. But, um, but I know he listens to this podcast, so he's going to hear you say that. Um, but hopefully I can get, like, there's some GT options coming up here in Australia as well. There's some new cars yep. coming in. So if you can get a drive in one of those, because he's, He's a bronze driver, but he races like a silver in my eyes. Absolutely, like, yeah. Am I biased? But he does no, no, a lot very, of good times. Very strong, very strong. Yeah, so that's why they want him overseas too, because you, you can get have a bronze with, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we won't go into that because I don't want him upgraded. So <laughs> he's not as good as what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly, play it yeah. down. The, it's yeah. the only time when you're doing your um license for and um like FIA license that you actually talk yourself down as a racing driver like yeah yeah, I've never achieved anything no well the funny thing is you know how he won the pro-am championship for career cup last year well how at the bend he was with me watching he was so glad for the first time that he wasn't in career cup because how much action happened Uh, on that first like that's so much damage that's Mm. so much insurance that's so much money and you just think my god you know, yep. motorsport, we have highs and lows, right? And oh, it's hard. Certainly very hard. Well, we, I don't shut up, do I? No, no, we, we love it. Like, hey, this is, her up. this is exactly, <laughs> this is exactly why we, uh, why we wanted to get you on. Um, okay. So, uh, so tell us, let's uh, just, uh, let's, let's crystal ball for a little bit about some supercar stuff. Do you think Shane Van Gisbergen can be beaten this year. I know he didn't take any race wins, no big trophies home from the bend. Let's try and walk, let's try and fast forward the clock to uh, the Gold Coast later this year. Will he be the champion, or do you think we're going to have um, some of these other guys like uh, Anton or Will yeah. Davison or Cam Waters? Are they going to step up and offer a real challenge? I think if I was going to do a dream scenario of just just for the fun of it, because SVG deserves it, let's just put that out there. Yeah, fine, he totally deserves to win by a mile. But I would like to see Cam Waters actually start doing so well that it's all like the monkey's off his back now and he starts, you know, the car's always consistently good for him, that he could get to that end and be that, give us something to fight for. But I think it would be one of those scenarios, like I was talking to Luffy the other day when he lost his championship, Stephen Richards, by like 15 points. It would be one of those things where Cam or Anton will be like, damn, I've just missed it. If it wasn't for that DNF earlier in the season, I think SVG is going to walk away with it. He's he's almost, when you're mentally doing so well, it's hard to break that Mm. because psychology plays so much into this sport. And you watch our drivers spiral through mid-season if they're not doing well. And mentally, it's where they lose it. SVG has got this, he can put on a cape right now and feel a superpower. Mm. Yeah, he's he's very mentally tough. There's no doubt about it. And we've spoken about it before, about confidence with drivers. You know, they get a couple of results under their belt and suddenly they're, you know, they just make better decisions. They're more confident with, um, you know, on track, you know, set up of the car and the team decisions, all that sort of stuff. And it, it just keeps getting better and better. And, and Shane's certainly at that level where he's got all that confidence, knowledge, self-belief as well. I personally think he's going to win the championship by a mile. Um, but we're going to see a lot of different guys challenge him at different points of the year. I don't think he's going to win every race, but I don't know where there's one particular person that's going to be able to, Stick it to him every time. I yeah, think that's I think going to be tricky. Absolutely. And that's partly to do with team's consistency as well. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. That's why you're on the microphone we'll and see. behind the wheel. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie, we thank you so much for joining us. We've loved seeing you on the TV and we can't wait to see you dad, perform that role more. And, uh, yep. We'll, uh, we'll pass the memo on to Liam that he needs to uh, 100% yeah. get this thing wrapped up and, uh, and get, done. get back here and, uh, and do some racing too. Yeah, totally. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. Love the podcast and look forward to seeing you guys at Winton because I'm sure you're coming down to We'll watch. be there. We'll be there. <laughs> Bye. 
and we thank Charlie for joining us on the Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels, of course. Uh, yeah, and Tony, just a fraction embarrassing that we didn't know uh, that Liam and Charlie weren't married. But but when I spoke to Charlie at the bend, she talked about how great friends you were and and how much she really liked you. I assume that you would have been across this detail. Well, I thought I just missed out on the invite to the wedding. You know, I thought maybe during COVID they just went off and, you know, had a little private ceremony somewhere and just did it, you know, out of the public eye. Uh, I wasn't too sure. Uh, I should have done a little bit more research on that. But we have actually done quite a few things together, myself and Charlie. Nothing like you're thinking about, by the way, Grant. Nothing <laughs> I didn't think about nothing. Um, but we're, we've worked together quite a few times and, uh, no, she's a good girl. She loves car racing and I'm sure you you – um, got that vibe from the interview. Um, she's a big fan of it. And I think she's a really good um, uh, new addition to the TV broadcast because she does bring a different side of it because mate, from the couch, I could not give a shit about how much understeer someone's got or tire degradation. Cause those boys like Crompton, Scafe and everybody else talks about it so much over and over and over again. Even, even our friend uh, Jess Yates has to get in on the act. So it's, it's refreshing to have somebody like Charlie on the broadcast team that just asks the simple questions. How you going, mate? What's going on? Mm, great. So, excellent. Nate, Thank you for coming on our show, Charlie. Yeah, no, we, uh, we thank her a lot. And uh, look, if you've got any suggestions out there for who you think we should get on as a guest uh, on our parked up podcast here, then please send us a message. We've had some really nice messages uh, just over the past few weeks and we'll, uh, we'll bring those up in future episodes. So thank you for getting in touch with us. Uh, Tony De- oh, before okay. we go, S- sounds like a serious we go, question. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, it's not a question. I'm, I'm actually testing our family members here right now. Mm-hmm. The texting. people that, no, no, no. Testing. Testing. Yes. I'm testing them because they say that they listen to our podcast and I'm going to put something out there. Right. And if they actually are listening, they're going to be straight on the phone to me tomorrow and asking what's going on. So this weekend, Grant, mm-hmm. we're meant to be going on a boys' trip. We are. Oh, are we're we? on a boys' trip. We are. Wow. Are you going? Well, I was going. Oh no, I was going, but now what? I can't. Why? I can't. No. I've got uh, I've got some work to do uh, this weekend at Sandown mm. uh, for the family business. We have a. We sell a little caravan and there's a caravan show on at Sandown. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I've um, drawn the short straw and I've got to go and help um, man the stand for the weekend and, and oh, help no. out the business. So I was going to go up Friday with you boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd said that I'd take my car up and we'd, we'd get going Friday afternoon. But now I can't do any of that. So if our family's listening, they're going to be pretty upset with me. So I'm not going to tell them just yet. I was, I was actually, I'm upset, anybody. That, I'm upset that you're not coming. I was looking forward to this uh, Look, boys weekend, it's, but I mean, there's still plenty of other boys to, uh, to be boyish with. So I, well, I, we'll this be is okay. a thing because you guys are a lot looser than what I am. And I'd probably come back with no eyebrows and a shaved head or something. I mean, the fact that I could lose my eyebrows is probably a good thing, but um, the fact that I'd lose all my hair would not be so good. No, no no one, no one's going to lose any hair. No one's going (laughs) to lose any hair. Uh, But there is the potential for some looseness, especially Uh, with the characters that I'm thinking that are, that are going up there. Absolutely. I'll just hold you back really. No, you would not. I'd probably just be like, you know, you would be egging. You are the type of person to egg me on to go and do something even more ridiculous. Hey, Grant, no. that, that, that tree, is it's only four and a half metres high. You can definitely jump out of that. I reckon I'd be asleep by three o'clock in the afternoon. You guys would be drinking all day and I'd just end up falling asleep because yes. I'm just not conditioned like you guys. So, so, so uh, one of uh, Tony's uh, brother-in-law has this um, block or this, this piece of land uh, up in the, uh, the Victorian high country and we're going to go up there and spend – uh, Friday night and Saturday night up there doing some things. But I, I just know how these things go where you get there on the first night, you get so, ex- you get ex- so excited that Saturday becomes like very difficult. 
And then Saturday night is just, you know, you sit around a campfire, you have a couple of frothies and um, tell some lies and, um, and, and, and that's it. But uh, yeah, it's kind of exciting thinking about that Friday night. I'm dreading thinking about Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and it is literally just a block of land. Um, yes. So bare essentials up there. So you got to take some toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you got to yeah. when you go to the toilet, it's mm. it's in a hole. It is literally so. in a hole. It is not the nicest so. smelling thing. No. So I was going to stay in town um, at a at a hotel. Um, cool. I wasn't going to stay with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! What? There's uh, why they've got heaps of places to stay. Heaps of nice. No, nice I'm joking. Things. I would have roughed it for a couple of nights, but yeah. Anyway, my plans have changed unfortunately, and this will test our family to see who actually listens to our podcast. Yeah, I'm going to guess none of them are going to hear that. And they're all going to be asking me where on Friday afternoon, where's Tony? And I'll tell them yeah. that I'll have to uh, fast forward to the end of uh, Parked Up to uh, <laughs> hear the answer. All right. Anyway, looking go. forward to it. Looking forward to it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, if I return from the block, then uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll definitely see you next week. You go and enjoy your caravan show, Tony D, and uh, press on. Thank you, mate. I'll see you then. Good luck. <laughs>